stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Well, there was a lot of talk yesterday between the premiers about NAFTA and the importance of NAFTA and going down uh, even to the U.S. potentially and selling Americans on NAFTA. Uh, look, NAFTA's got, I, I think, enough champions at the moment. If premiers want to make a real difference on free trade, then let's fix the mess that is free trade within Canada. And that's an area where the premiers can make a, a real and tangible difference. Now, it was interesting that as the premiers are meeting in New Brunswick, you had the announcement yesterday from the prime minister that there's going to be a first minister's meeting in the fall to address the issue of internal trade. Well, it sounds like maybe that's the important meeting, in which case, what are we to make of this gathering in New Brunswick? Uh, I mean, it didn't amount to nothing on this front, I suppose. There was an agreement announced today that will reduce some of the barriers that exist when it comes to uh, the transportation of alcohol. But again, let's be clear, this is very narrow in that it applies only to people who are transporting alcohol themselves for their their own personal consumption. And there are still limits that remain in place in some provinces. I don't think Alberta has any limits anyway. Uh, Brian Pallister, the premier of Manitoba, who was uh, really pushing for something like this going into the meeting, uh, had this to say. Donald Trump is uh, wanting to erect a a wall between us and our strongest trading partner and theirs. Um, These premiers took positive steps in the last couple of days and have been working, and we have been working together for months to make sure we take those walls down inside our country. And this is a tremendous achievement and uh, vitally important to Canadians. We are a trading nation, and we have to demonstrate we understand the benefits to the Canadian family of uh, trading more effectively within our own boundaries if we wish to make the case to others that they should uh, pull the wall down between us and them. And that's true. Right. If we're going to talk the talk on free trade, then let's walk the walk. And it's pretty hypocritical of these premiers to say, hey, we'll go be the ambassadors for NAFTA when you're defending protectionism in your own backyard. And Brian Pallister's right that this is vitally important. But was this really a tremendous achievement? I mean, alcohol is kind of a microcosm, I think, for some of the other problems that exist with interprovincial trade barriers. And maybe they're more magnified on this front. Now, joining us for some thoughts on whether much has been achieved here, very pleased to welcome to the program Howard Anglin, Executive Director of the Canadian Constitution Foundation, more at theccf.ca. Howard, thanks for joining us here. Thank you very much for having me. Um, yeah, the premiers are, are patting themselves on the back, but uh, how excited should the rest of us be? I, I can't recall a time when premiers were patting themselves on the back and, uh, and I got particularly excited. And <laughs> nothing any different uh, this time. I think you put it well. This is this is tinkering. Uh, I would say that the premiers did the, the least they could do that would generate a positive headline, and the headlines I have seen have been positive. Unfortunately, the reality doesn't uh, doesn't match up to to uh, the way that they're portraying it, at least. Right, and, and I mean, it seems to me that the biggest issue we deal with in Canada is the fact that that you know there are trade barriers that keep out of province products off store shelves in those provinces. So we're we're not really getting to that. We're not even really fully addressing the issue of, of transportation. People can't order alcohol from wineries in other provinces or, or restaurants. The hospitality industry can't order from other provinces. So, what, what is it that's really changing here? That's exactly right. The only thing that's changing is at the very margin. People who make have a habit of 
going across the provincial border to buy their alcohol, will be able to buy a little bit more. Uh, that, so that's something that really affects very few Canadians. I'm here in Calgary. Nothing that happened today will change anything about how I buy alcohol in Calgary. It would be the same if I owned a bar or restaurant here in Calgary. Nothing would change. Maybe the people of uh, Ottawa or Gatineau who cross a river to a province that's quite different um, and might have a different selection of alcohol can bring back a few extra bottles of wine or a few extra cases of beer at a time. But, I mean, that's a fraction of the sales of alcohol in Canada. It doesn't touch the underlying structure of our system, which is this creaky Prohibition-era 1920s provincial monopoly system across the country. None of that has changed. The, the, they haven't addressed the underlying problem. They've just, as I said, uh, they've done enough to generate a headline. But even then, I think a lot of Canadians are familiar with one of the cases that the Canadian Constitution Foundation brought, and unfortunately lost in the Supreme Court a couple of months ago, of a man named Gerard Como, who did exactly this. He, he lived in New Brunswick. He, brought, he traveled to Quebec, bought his several months' supply of beer, drove back, and was stopped and fined. The changes made today would mean that Gerard Como would still be stopped and fined. So the, the increase in the amount you're bring, allowed to bring across the border is so small that it wouldn't have even changed uh, Gerard Como's case. So there's nothing really to celebrate here unless you really live right across from a border and there's a particularly, particular bottle of wine you can get in the other province you can't get home that you'd like to buy a few more of. So that's the only benefit here. Yeah. So what, what would meaningful reform on, on this issue look like? Step one would be to get rid of the old 1928 uh, law, federal law, that requires each province to have an alcohol monopoly, uh, which is true even here in Alberta. We don't have a monopoly on sales, but there's a warehousing monopoly, that, um, and that means that restaurants and bars who want to buy alcohol, they can't buy directly from a winery in BC or Ontario or from a brewery in Nova Scotia. They have to go through the monopoly system. Um, so getting rid of the monopolies. And then just treating alcohol like any other legal product. Uh, we did some polling earlier this year. 94% of Canadians believe that Canadians should be able to bring legal products across internal provincial borders. 95%, so basically the same number, believe that businesses should be able to sell a legal product directly to a consumer in any other province. I mean, this is pretty basic common sense stuff that I think Canadians don't even know isn't the case until they run up against some of these rules. So yeah, a non-discrimination policy that said that provinces can't stop people bringing in legal goods and they can't stop their businesses selling legal goods uh, outside the province. Um, and that should be enough. And I'm at a loss, really, to actually explain more. It, it's that simple, really. Mm -hmm. It's a, a basic rule saying that provinces cannot discriminate against goods from other provinces. I mean, it should be that simple. Well, it should and yet, of course, it's not. Well, yeah, and I mean, the, the case of Gerald Combo involved uh, Section 121 of the Constitution, yes. and even though that case was unsuccessful, we just had a ruling recently uh, that found that the Alberta government uh, has yes. been in violation of that section of, of the Constitution regarding its protectionist beer policies. I mean, all, yes. all is not lost on that front. No, no, that's exactly right. And the Supreme Court uh, did say in the Como case that if the primary reason for a trade restriction is protectionism, to benefit a local industry over industries in other provinces, then that law is still invalid. It's still unconstitutional. And that's how the Alberta law got uh, struck down uh, a couple months ago after the Como case. And 
So that, that's a glimmer of hope. But what I would really like to see is the federal government actually use its power. Uh, the federal government has power under the Constitution over trade and commerce in Canada. And without infringing on legitimate provincial jurisdictions, the federal government could step in and say, we're going to use our trade and commerce power to pass a uh, free trade charter within Canada that puts in place anti-discrimination principles that says that provinces cannot treat like goods from another province differently from substantially similar goods that are produced in the province. Um, it, what it would be doing is not infringing on provincial jurisdictions to regulate things like the hours the alcohol can be sold or, or such. Mm-hmm. It would just be saying that a Canadian product is a Canadian product and it doesn't matter where it's made and provinces can't treat them differently if they come from another uh, province. If they can't, for example, stop you selling your Quebec maple syrup or your milk into another province rather than into the provincial monopolies. Um, it, it would be a free trade charter that would go back to the original vision of the Constitution of Canada as a single economic unit. And uh, it would be revolutionary. I'm not hopeful, but the federal government does have that power. And Trudeau has called a meeting of the provinces in the fall to discuss ways of opening up the Canadian economy. And I hope he actually uses this power pretty pretty boldly and firmly. Uh, well, it's interesting because yeah. we had the Canada Free Trade Agreement signed last year, and there was right. a lot of excitement around that. It hasn't amounted to much. <laughs> a lot of excitement around this. A lot of excitement around this agreement uh, from the premiers today that maybe doesn't amount to much. We keep getting all these little baby steps. But we don't really seem to be getting any further along. No, because there's no fundamental structural reform. Nobody is actually saying to the provinces, "Okay, if you're serious about free trade, you have to level the playing field." Uh, and we're, we're in one of those showdowns. You know, we're Two people are facing off against each other, holding a gun to each other's head. Nobody wants to be the first to back down. But maybe what it will take is one or two provinces to realize that it actually benefits their consumers and their businesses to get rid of trade barriers, even when other provinces aren't getting rid of theirs. And maybe that could start a domino effect of other provinces seeing how that can be successful and emulating it over time. Because all the basic economic theory tells you that in most cases, at least, you are better off allowing free trade, even if the other side isn't. So um, I'm hopeful that at some point we'll have a, a common-sense premier who can make that case uh, to his or her own voters in the province and get a mandate to actually eliminate trade barriers and then turn and try and shame the other provinces into doing the same and show them that you can be successful as a free-trading province, just as we claim to be as a free-trading country. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, we'll see what this fall meeting of the First Ministers brings, hopefully some real progress. Uh, in the meantime, theccf.ca, much more there. Howard, thanks so much for joining us here. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Rob. Take care. Howard Anglin is Executive Director of the Canadian Constitution Foundation. So, uh, yeah, this is all very near and dear to my heart. Uh, free trade, beer, all, all of these wonderful things. Uh, yeah, let's let's make it happen. But, but you know, that's the point. You, you've got the premiers who are saying, you know, tap us, you know, put us into the ring. We'll make the case for NAFTA. Even a suggestion that the premiers would go on Fox News so that they could talk directly to Trump's base and tell them how important free trade is. OK, well, you know, hold up here because your credentials are maybe not what they need to be. And maybe you should be prepared just in case a Fox News host does his homework and says, uh, well, excuse me, Mr. Premier or Madam Premier, you're, you're here on my show making the case for free trade. But I noticed that uh, within your own country, you don't quite have free trade. You, you've got all these uh, barriers. The, the province that you lead, for example, has all kinds of protectionist policies. What are you going to say to that?
so, yeah, if, if you want to make a difference on the issue of free trade, if you want to uh, enhance your credentials as a free trade defender, then let's make some progress on this issue. I mean, what kind of a country are we that we don't have free trade? Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.